Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you are new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who is involved in business. So whether you are in B2B, RB2C, and whether you are part of the marketing, the sales, or the leadership team, we go over tips, trends, and leave you with some actionable items to apply or think about. First off, let me introduce myself. I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake. And I'm Ashley, also account manager. My name is Alex. I'm in charge of visual content. Today, we are talking all about social media KPIs, our key performance indicators. This is a topic we are often asked about here at 21 Handshake, and we know there is a little bit of confusing information out there. So we are letting you in on what we have found out to be the most important key performance indicators to measure if your social media is working or not. But first, let's dive into our digital marketing news segment where we talk about what has been taking place the last week in digital and social media marketing. Ashley, once again, Facebook news, they're always changing something. So this is a really cool update and really kind of now explains why there's that kind of Instagram tab on your Facebook (laughs) business page. Can you tell us a little bit more about how these two are integrating a little bit more? Yeah. And I can't remember if we had talked about this in a previous episode, but I feel like we have. Um, But Facebook has launched Creator Studio, which is their um, like social media management or for your Facebook and Instagram platform. Yeah. So Um, if you don't have a business manager through Facebook, this is a good place that still has a lot of stuff and data. Yeah, like good metrics, analytics, all that fun stuff. But you can also schedule posts as well. Um, And it. It allows you to manage your Facebook profile as well as your Instagram profile, which is pretty exciting. Right. And now Um, something new with Instagram that you can do in Facebook Creator Studio. Yes. So now you can schedule posts for Instagram through Facebook Creator Studio, which is kind of a big deal because it took a long time for social media platforms to even have that ability to post to Instagram um, due to like... Um, API, yeah, things. like some algorithm and yeah integration. You could like as well. schedule it, but then it would still you have would to, still post to post manually it. from your phone. <laughs> yeah, so it's essentially just like a reminder that hey, now it's time to post. Right, which yes. is helpful, but still, if you're trying to save time, mm-hmm. not so helpful. <laughs> exactly. Um. So yeah, super exciting news. If you know that's something that you've struggled with for your business, scheduling both Facebook and Instagram is. A nice little feature. Yeah, definitely. Just to be able to go in there and say you don't want to pay for a third party platform yeah. and maybe you just your business doesn't need that. Now here's a way to go ahead and schedule. <laughs> so Alex, another interesting story. And this one I was not aware of until this kind of came across t- to my attention. What is what is this about lawmakers? They're trying to pass a new social act. It's called the SMART Act and all about like reducing addiction, addiction to <laughs> social media. So the SMART Act is an acronym for Smart Media Addiction Reduction Technology Act. Ooh, say that really fast. <laughs> that one really rolls off the tongue. Um, so this new Senate bill is calling for a crackdown on addictive and deceptive techniques they say, uh, used by tech companies and social media sites to keep our attention. Um, So basically what they are targeting is like the infinite scroll ability of Instagram and Facebook and autoplay videos, which are like the two main things it sounds like they're focusing on with this thing. 
Um, they're claiming that the features like this are feeding into the social media addiction. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Does it sound plausible? Yes. Is that the problem here? I don't. I think it's putting like a Band-Aid on something that's yeah, it's, bigger, it's a solution to a non-problem. Yeah. Right, right. And if you do hear something in the background, that's just our coffee addiction <laughs> yeah. from our Keurig. So that plays nicely there. But back to social media is a smart act. I feel like this is really, going to be really hard to regulate. Like, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, like what makes yes. something just, addicting versus something else. Yeah. I feel like 2019 has been the year for where we realized social media maybe has like a bigger impact on everyone's lifestyle than mm -hmm. initially we expected. It's become so ingrained in our lifestyle and um, we're realizing that it does have some effect to our mental health. Uh, and so lawmakers are doing something about it. Um, right. Again, I don't, I don't know how tangible this is, but I give them an A plus for effort. Yeah, yeah. A plus for effort. But at the same time, um, so the, I don't know. The addiction thing is just it's hard the, to put a kind of. Mm, the senator know. behind this um, quote says that big tech has embraced a bottle, a, a business model of addiction. Too much of the innovation in this space is designed not to create better products, but to capture more attention by using psychological tricks that make it difficult to look away. So how do you, but where do you draw the line? Where does it become like an addictive and negative business model? Whereas it's just purely like, for example, social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram have an algorithm that is, that's goal is to keep your attention and they, and they make money off of that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but if I'm, I'm trying to think and, like other apps, sim similar, similar right. to maybe like. And, and I, would, I would have to guess that the social media platforms are going to fight this pretty hard, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, to your point, how do you know which technique or which kind of like features or techniques are the ones to blame? And mm -hmm. if one gets stopped, another one's going to pop up for sure. Yeah. And then you know, do you get into a world where you have to like prove that that the autoplay videos are the ones that are like this is a much deeper issue than just some of the features within it just goes to human behavior I yeah think. <laughs> exactly back to human behavior and if anything hasn't kind of marketing and advertising been doing this ever since the invention of marketing and advertising <laughs> using certain colors that entice a certain feeling totally. using a certain language that entice a certain feeling trying to capture attention yeah. so really I feel like this bill will go nowhere, but will definitely keep you updated. It'll be important, I think, to keep an eye on it, especially for social yeah. media. I, I think this is one that we could talk in circles for hours. But I, again, to your point, like where do you draw the line? I feel like this this sounds like it's being developed in a way that it can be like an overarching thing. They're not just trying to get rid of specific features, mm -hmm. and this is something that could be applied to things in the future, which could get kind of scary. Which is like uh, to take it to like a really extreme sense is like could get to like a censorship point yeah which yeah. So. wow that could be just a whole another combo <laughs> right. like you said anyway. but speaking of those youngins and social media addiction there was an interesting interview that cnbc and we'll link all these articles in the show notes they did an in-depth interview with gen z and if gen z thinks facebook is cool or not and mm -hmm. news alert Gen Z thinks Facebook is very uncool. <laughs> so um, just some interesting things about Gen Z that even I didn't even kind of realize. But the interview, they interviewed um, this group that was involved in a social media actually program overseas. And just 
Gen Z is a generation that has grown up with social media. They've always, it's always been integrated in their life. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting to hear their comments from Gen Z just about because it is integrated in their life. They're so used to, okay, well, we grew up and our parents said for our accounts to be private, for us to be careful when posting. And now that's carrying on into their life. Like, they're like, well, you know, we don't post as often. We don't want negative comments. Um, we don't want to base this on our likes. Our, our, you know, we feel like we can't sometimes differentiate between an ad and, um, you know, something mm-hmm. else on social media. So that's interesting. And again, might come back to why they're pushing this bill is because generations are saying, well, we don't know what an ad is and what an ad's not. Yeah. But all the Which people is just a crazy concept in and of itself. Oh, I know, right? That is just so integrated in their life. But um, yeah, definitely, though, <laughs> here is one statement from um, a Gen Zier who was involved in the study. He said, Facebook is just not cool. Our generation is very brandy, like brand with a Y. Yeah. We're very brandy. We're obsessed with brands and we're like sheep and we'll flock to whatever seems the coolest. And Facebook is at the point of no return. <laughs> that is so ouch. I mean, we've kind of been noticing this that Facebook has skewing towards an older audience. Yes. Um, so there we have it. Gen Z, not that excited about the future of Facebook. <laughs> I will say, even, I mean, from my personal experience, it's probably the one that I use least um, from a social perspective. I almost use Facebook more exclusively for like the Facebook messenger aspect of it and like event invite the event stuff is very helpful Mm -hmm. i think um but i don't use it as a way to connect with people as often as i or like kind of see what other people are up to so much as other platforms now yeah yeah i was gonna say i was not on facebook i mean i i'm on facebook but i hadn't posted for a really long time and then just with summer happenings i've been posting more and now Mm. i find myself looking at facebook more and i'm like oh my gosh why am i even like Mm. so much silly stuff people are posting like yeah. <laughs> so i don't totally. know yeah yeah it's back I, and forth i am very interested though to start learning more about gen z as they become you know the new generation yeah who be like the forefront of buying power you oh, know yeah totally interested because they are way different than millennials and yeah. just to clarify gen z is eight to 22 year olds is what they say gen z covers so um yeah, technically, and my son is in Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's crazy. So, well, we'll post all these stories in our show notes. And um, yeah, so now with the talk of social media, a question that we get a lot here is how do I know social media is working for my business? So this is a very open-ended question, and we are going to dive in and discuss different key performance indicators that we think are important when you go to measure your social media success. But we do also want to mention that one business target audience might be different than another business target audience. So what one person measures as valuable to their social media success might be different than somebody else. So you really got to go back to what is your goals? What is your strategy? As we just heard, Gen Z thinks Facebook is meh. So if Gen Z is your target, you know, you might not want to be on Facebook and not, you know, be in tune to those Facebook metrics. So just to really know your target audience and it may differ. But we think also that this list of five KPIs we have came up with are kind of good for about any audience that you're targeting. These are pretty 
general key performance indicators that I think everybody should be looking at to see if their social media success is great or not. So with that being said, let's dive in and we'll talk about KPI number one. Um, This one is engagement. And here's why. (laughs) Engagement shows how appealing your content is, how social media users are engaging with your brand, and how well you are building those long-lasting relationships with them. So, hello, just come back to social media. It's about being social. So, of course, engagement, I think, should be number one up there because if you don't have people engaging with your posts, Really, like, like, I don't know. Why are you on there? You, you yeah. know, so and also a lot of social media platforms are using engagement as a metric for their alga- algorithm. So that's like a double whammy right there in terms of being number one. Yeah, yeah. And I go back to thinking about our clients and those that we have seen um, just out kind of the door really good with their social media. And that's a um, roofing underlayment that we provide social media for. And they really have a lot of engagement on their posts. People are passionate about what they put on their roof as an underlayment. And people are always sending pictures. So you get useful um, user-generated content. Um, Sometimes us as kind of monitoring the brand, we are not even involved in these conversations. They are happening between roofers in the comments. Back and Mm -hmm. forth, roofers sharing tips, telling what they do, how they use certain things. So... That has been really fun and just goes to show how, um, you know, again, engagement, that's the point of social is kind of talking to each other and inspiring these conversations about your brand and building lasting relationships. So how do you measure it? A simple formula for measuring your engagement is you take your likes plus your comments plus your shares, divide that by total followers and then times that by 100. And a good rule of thumb is you want your engagement to be three to five percent. So just some good metrics, some good general metrics to kind of measure your engagement on your posts. So we'll definitely share that formula in the show notes. So be sure to check that out when this goes live. So closely following engagement, Ashley, is click-through rate. So first of all, what is it and why is it important? So click-through rate is important because it shows how often people are clicking on your posts on social media. Um, So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that we preach um, like posting on social media with purpose, um, especially including a call to action. We like to call it call to action, but usually linking back to your website. So every post should have um, an action you want your audience to take. So the click-through rate would essentially be how many of those people um, not only engaged with your post, but actually took action, for lack of better terms. Yeah, definitely. You want them to be clicking back to your website, be clicking into the ad further, whether you're keeping them with maybe a lead form right on, maybe Facebook if that's the platform you're using, or they're actually getting back to your website. So I think closely following your click-through weight, maybe your landing page views as well Mm -hmm. on your website to see if they followed up with that click-through back to your website and stayed as a visitor on your website. It's a great metric to determine how well your content um, is aimed at your audience. Are people clicking through the website? If they're not, why not? Are they not 
um, is your content not thumb stopping? You know, right. Um, they were so interested that they clicked through, but did they actually buy something on your website? Well, why not? Is it maybe your user experience? So anyway, it's a great metric to follow, to learn more about um, what kind of content to post. So similar to your engagement rate, you can calculate it by taking um, the number of clicks your post got, um, dividing it by the number of impressions, and then multiplying it by 100. Um, so like Sarah said, though, at the beginning, um, every industry rate will be different, every business size, um, whoever your audience is. So um, there's not like a great range to aim for. I would say Google what your industry click-through rate is, um, figure out what you're currently at, and try and aim for there. You can always obviously try and grow it. If you're trying to figure out what your industry rate is, we have some blog articles that can help you yes, out. Yes, we do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and we will definitely post those in the show notes for yeah. sure. So engagement, click-through rates, and now our third KPI. And I know you may wonder why we didn't say this third one, which is follower growth first. But in our world, follower growth might not mean much if those followers mm -hmm. aren't engaging with you or leading to a valued click. But they are still good social proof. And Alex, why don't you explain a little bit more about that? So follower growth is, is what it sounds like, is, is growing your followers. Um, but what's more important is not necessarily the amount. It's, it's, it's quality over quantity. Um, so what's really important to your brand is not having necessarily 10,000 likes on your page. You might be way better off with 800 and 600 of those are extremely qualified to be um, yeah. interacting with your content, seeing what you guys are putting out there. Um, so with a lot of these platforms, they give you information. Uh, they won't give you like person by person information, but it will give you like general, general demographics on who your followers are. And what's important is just to make sure to look at that and make sure that though what you are seeing there matches up to what you think your ideal uh, prospective customer or like client is. If you are selling, uh, roses and somehow your average demographic is 15 years old then you're probably reaching the wrong people i don't know why they would be liking your page mm -hmm. but just to give like a very like simple example um you would probably want to make sure that it is uh i don't know uh 30 25 to I mean, anybody can buy roses above that age but then maybe like slightly skewed towards women or you know um just make sure that what you the demographics that you are seeing just put it simply makes make make sure that that matches up with what your um actual customers uh, mm -hmm. demographics are yeah that is so good um such a great point because again you, like you said you could have 10,000 followers but what if they aren't even your target and they're just well, they're bots maybe yeah i was going to say with yeah. today's they're, age they likely are yeah, bots yeah so um you know are, are if it's a lower number, they are probably more engaged, which is great. Mm -hmm. But um, it always is good to work on getting new follower growth. And that is important because that leads us into KPI number four, which is reach and impressions. So unfortunately, the algorithm does like when you have more followers because it's more that your maybe post is going to get better reach. Um, and so just to break it down and remind you, what are impressions and reach? Well, reach is the potential unique viewers a post could have. So usually your follower count plus accounts that have shared the post followers counts. And then impressions are how many times a post shows up in someone's timeline. 
And it is true, the more followers you have, the more apt that you are to show up in more people's timelines. Mm-hmm. So um, there is there is that. So when we look at, um, while impressions can tell you a lot about the potential your content has for visibility, it's important to still look at your other metrics for ultimate like performance context of your post. So for a post that has high impressions, but a low engagement number, and therefore a low engagement rate, it likely means that your post wasn't interesting enough for your audience to take action after seeing it in their feed. But if a post has a high reach count and high engagement rate, it'll likely mean that the content went viral via retweets or mm-hmm. shares or you know any of those type of things. So a great metric to keep an eye at um, and just see, again, how your post is being received in the feed. So, and our last KPI here is conversions. Because when it really comes down to it, every business just wants to make a better sale, right? Right, exactly. So that is the end goal, is always a sale. So, Ashley, why don't you explain a little bit more about referrals and conversions? Yeah, so this metric might be the most realistic for companies, well, obviously with a website. Hey, it's Um, what everybody's boss wants to know. How are they converting? (laughs) ROI. (laughs) Um, Or e-commerce platforms. So um, pretty much, like I mentioned earlier, having a call to action. um, Once they click on the post, get to your website, what are they doing? that's where you want to measure this conversion rate. So the most important aspect to this KPI is making sure you have some way to track that, which sometimes could be harder than it sounds. Um, Look into Google Analytics. Um, If you're an e-commerce platform, Shopify might be the best option for you. Um, Well, it's having those pixels set up as well. So you can track that traffic. Um, whether it's Facebook Pixel, yeah. Google Pixel, Google Analytics, like you said, <laughs> you've got to, you know, have those tracking capabilities to be able to measure. And this is actually the metric that we find most of our clients have trouble with. It's obviously one they're most interested in, but don't know you have to take the extra step to set up that tracking. So um, it can be hard to measure that right. otherwise. Yeah. And um, I think um, what there are some things you can measure, like form fills, um, contact requests, demo requests. Yeah, yeah. And so those are some great ones um, that we've heard other people really like. Um, same with trials and things like that. So um, so conversions, that's converting a potential customer to an actual customer. Um, referrals are how the user lands on your website. So going back to Google Analytics, if you've listened to that podcast, looking at your landing page metrics um, and where they're landing on your website. Um, I mean, I think probably a simple way for most businesses, if they aren't sure, it sounds confusing. I don't know how to set up this pixel. I don't know. Well, maybe try to run everything to maybe your Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Um, Make that your call to action in your post. And then easily you capture you know, that on your Facebook, at least if you're on the Facebook platform. Yes, exactly. Or direct message for Instagram. Yep. So, yeah, because, I mean, honestly, when it comes down to it, um, you want to make sure that those followers are converting into leads. Um, and it's not an impossible thing to do from social. No. It um, it can lead to some great leads. It can create to great awareness. 
Um, but just having that kind of follow through, whether they, they're converting back to your website, they're converting right there. If you're running an ad on the ad platform, um, it just kind of, it just leads to being kind of proof that the time you're investing in social media is worthwhile. Yeah. And just one small thing to remember is like, there is a direct correlation between like what you were asking people to do and like the, the how much you're asking like exactly. the the complexity of what you're asking if you're just asking for an email like your conversions will probably a little bit, be a little bit higher if you're asking for them to you know participate in some sort of high ticket item of course that number is going to be lower so just like something to think about there yeah it's not it's not a one number like fits all or like a, there's no rule of thumb range and which that. is the best for your business and your business goals exactly exactly and i honestly find um the lead generation comes more into play if you're running an ad campaign. Yes. So if you're spending money on it and then um, that just is a whole nother can of worms and a whole nother yeah. conversation. If you're running your ads to a cold audience or to a warm audience or if you're doing some type of testing, are you having, you know, capturing their data on the platform or off the platform? Mm -hmm. So we can unpack that in yeah. a whole nother episode. But this is just a breakdown of some good general KPIs, five of them that you can use um, to measure if your social media strategy is working. And there are a bunch more KPIs out there. We'll link some articles in our show notes um, that you may want to browse some other KPIs. But again, ones that we think are important are engagement click-through rate, reach impressions, follower growth, and referrals and conversions. So we want to hear from you. What do you measure on your social media? Do you feel like these KPIs hold true for your business? Or maybe you're not sure where to start. What the heck's a KPI? <laughs> How do I measure that on social media? <laughs> so we would love to hear from you and help you out. So connect with us at 21 Handshake on all social platforms. Or visit us at 21handshake.com and we would love to hear from you. Did you like this episode? Hint, yes, I know, of course you did. <laughs> then please subscribe and share with a friend. It really does help spread the marketing love. So until next time. Mm -hmm.